In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus is born in a manger. This we celebrate at Christmas. But after the iconic moment with mother and child, with the holy infant so tender and mild, then what? Then comes trouble. Today's gospel reading begins with St. Matthew chapter 2 at the 13th verse. The wise guys have just left. Pesci, Pacino, and De Niro. You talking to me? Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Excuse me. That's a movie reference. I didn't mean to say that. Let me start over again. I meant to say that the wise men have just left. Joseph has a dream. And so before we deal with the dream, a word about the actual wise men. True or false statement? Thumbs up for true. Thumbs down for false. True or false statement? The wise men arrived on Christmas Day. That's right. False. False. This is a popular cultural betrayal, but scripture indicates they came sometime after the birth, perhaps as little as a couple of days after, perhaps as much as two years after. Earlier, before today's appointed reading, in the same chapter, chapter 2, verse 11, we are told, on entering the house, the wise men, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage on entering the house. So this tells us that this takes place sometime after the birth. Epiphany, which falls annually on January 6, commemorates the arrival of the wise men to the Holy Family. The wise men are also known as three kings. But whether in fact they were actually kings as we understand them, or more likely wise men, magi, that is astrologers from Persia or further east, exactly who they are is a matter for careful scriptural and historical speculation. The golden key to the whole epiphany event, though, is the fact that the wise men are not Jews. They were Gentiles, that is, non-Jews. And their arrival foretells the fact that this Jewish child will grow to become a king for all peoples, whether poor Jewish shepherds silently tending their flock by night or three Gentile kings bearing very expensive and symbolic gifts. But today's passage from St. Matthew chapter 2 begins at verse 13. Now, after the wise men had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Well, so much for a sweet and sentimental Christmas. Uh, we have an angel, we have a dream, but the dream is a warning about trouble. King Herod, the local ruler, a collaborator with the occupying Roman Empire, intends on destroying this child, Jesus. Why? Well, because Herod was known as the king of the Jews. And a baby boy born in accordance with Old Testament prophetic predictions was a threat to his power. Now, we know from historical sources outside of the Bible that Herod was a rather 
notorious individual who arranged for the murder of several of his relatives, including a wife and two of his sons. Joseph, who in our cultural imaginations about Christmas, we often think of him as being a strong and silent type, responds decisively to this dream. We're told in Matthew 2, 14 and through 15, then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night and went to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. Well, was it a good thing that St. Joseph took this dream seriously? What do we think? Yeah, it was a very good thing, because if he had not, we might not actually be here this morning. The darkest elements to the actual Christmas story, to the biblical Christmas story, happen in Matthew chapter 2, in verses 16 through 18. Though interestingly, they're eliminated from today's reading by the lectionary planners. But in verses 16 through 18 of Matthew chapter 2, we find the gruesome massacre of the infants. King Herod commanded the slaughter of every male child two years or younger in and around Bethlehem. This event is remembered in the church year on the Feast of the Holy Innocents on December 28th. This too is part of the season of Christmas tide, the 12 days. So the Holy Family, Mary, Joseph, and the child Jesus were refugees in Egypt for as long as we are told until verse 19. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who are seeking the child's life are dead. And once again, Joseph, strong and silent but decisive, acts. Verse 21. Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. Now, knowing this part of the Christian story just from today's text helps you and me to realize that Christmas, for all of its beauty, does not happen in some idyllic, safe, happy land of make-believe, but in fact happens in a rather chaotic, dangerous an uncertain world, a world that has all the same realities that you and I face today. There is more. Uh, With the Bible, there's often more, layer upon layer of rich soil for your soul. The Reverend Dr. Stephanie Buchanan Crowder, who's a New Testament scholar, tells us this about our passage. Matthew tells the story of the Holy Family's flight to Egypt with incredible irony. In the Exodus story, babies were slaughtered in Egypt by the wicked Pharaoh. But now righteous Jews must flee to Egypt to escape a massacre of infants in their own land. So, aha, are you you seeing some things here? So, check it out. Pharaoh, centuries before, orders the slaughter of innocent Hebrew children. Do any of you remember that from Exodus? If so, raise your hand. Okay, I see a lot of hands. And then centuries later, in today's text, Cain Herod orders the slaughter of innocent Hebrew children. In Exodus, Moses survives Pharaoh's slaughter and grows up to save his people. 
How many of you remember that? Raise your hand. I see lots of hands. In Matthew, today's text, Jesus survives Herod's slaughter and what? Grows up to save his people. What is Matthew 2 telling us with these connections? Jesus is the new Moses. Now, our ancestors in the faith would have caught these connections quickly in the baseball gloves of their imaginations. And as you and I grow in knowing the Christian story, we will begin to catch these sort of connections as well. Speaking of connections, I have a question for you. Was St. Joseph the first famous Israelite so named? No. Was he the first Israelite of that name to be a dreamer of dreams? No. Nor was he the first Joseph sent to Egypt. You know, see, Matthew's gospel, originally attended, attended for a Jewish audience, is like a turkey bursting with stuffing with references to the Old Testament. In this passage, Matthew 2, we hear references subtly, if you have ears to hear, to another Joseph, all the way back in the Old Testament, all the way back to Genesis, Joseph, son of Jacob and Rachel, of multicolored dream coat fame. Joseph was also a dreamer of dreams. And so this too is part of the season of Christmastide, the 12 days. In movie terms, you talking to me? This is part of the backstory which helps you to make better sense of the main story. For this reason and others, you and I should be careful students of the Old and New Testaments. Okay, so we have spent most of 2020 in a spiritual, emotional, and physical Egypt, trying to flee the many Herods of our world intent on destroying us. And we look to this new year of 2021 as hopefully a return to Israel, a return home, a return to something more normal. Home, Nazareth, was certainly not the same for the Holy Family after their flight to Egypt. For their unwanted and unexpected experiences had no doubt changed them. We also have been changed, changed by this past year. And we will probably not actually realize all the ways that we've been changed until well into this year. The good news is that God is with me. God is with you. Whether we are fleeing to Egypt to hide from the Herods of the world or gratefully returning home to Nazareth. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.